What's up, everybody? We're back. We're the masters of the cultureverse. I'm your friendly neighborhood blurred, Caleb Edward Edley, here with my co-host, the invincible Clay Stroman. How's it going, Clay? It's going good, Caleb. How are you, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. We are doing our rewatch of season one of The Boys to prepare us for season two, which is already getting good reviews. 96, am I right, on Rotten Tomatoes? Last I checked, yeah. It's up there. Yes. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Better than season doing, one. Yeah, I think that one was like an 80-something. Somewhere in the 80s, yep. I want to say 84, 86. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely better, which is good. We always want to improve. We always want to get better. And this is a great show already. I thought season one was great. So if season two is even better, I'm all for it. We're doing episode seven, The Self-Preservation Society, written by Craig Rosenberg and Ellie Monahan. We got a two, two-person two writing crew this time, directed by Dan Attias. And of course, I've got my fun fact right off the bat. You know what? I counted how many fun facts I have today. I've got seven. Oh, wow. Lucky number seven. I like that movie. That's right, a good movie. Right along with our episode number here. Did you plan that or was that... Let's just say I, that that was coincidental. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the title of the episode is the title of issues number 31 through 34 of the comics. That's your first fact. The summary. Never trust a washed up soup. The boys learn this lesson the hard way. Meanwhile, Homelander digs into his past. Starlight discovers that love hurts. And if you're ever in Sandusky, Ohio, and a girl asks if she can touch your gills, say no. And kindly speed walk away. Absolutely love that they put that last part just right there, right there in the summary. <laughs> right. And you got to think the first time you watch this, when you before you've seen the episode, you see that and you're like, wait, what? And then it all becomes clear. Oh, oh, so clear. Oh, so clear. Let's jump right into it, Clay. Let's get it. In a flashback, Butcher and his wife, Becca, attend a Vought International's Christmas party. Homelander thanks Becca for handling his Twitter takeover, much to Billy's chagrin. Back in the present, Butcher watches as Huey and Starlight meet at a hotel. At the hotel, Starlight and Huey have sex. Afterwards, Starlight questions why they are at the hotel and not at his place. Huey confesses that it would perhaps be humiliating for her to meet his father, Hugh. Huey admits to quitting his job after Robin's dead. Death. After Robin's death. Not dead. I mean, but, I mean it works either it way. It works, yeah. Yeah. She is dead. <laughs> Yeah. And it's after. It, true. So I'm, I stand by what I say. I guess, though, she w- always will be dead, though. So there's not really, like, after she's dead. There is an after she's dead. After she's dead. She's currently dead. Yeah. So after she's dead is all, all that's happening now. Is that when she comes back to life? No. That's she after stays. she's dead. Because <laughs> while she's dead, she's currently dead. Always. Yeah, but after she's dead, she's still dead. Exactly. <laughs> whatever let's just move on yeah uh so yeah we got a sweet little scene of of huey and and starlight cuddling having some pillow talk and she's like why are we why are we here and he says that line about the pizza rolls which i I thought was pretty funny Mm because it's probably something his dad would do yeah yeah um we yeah we also have the beginning of kind of uh, a butcher origin story here in this episode like we've got a lot of these like origin flashbacks to butcher and becca homelander everything this episode is good for it yeah 
which we like because Butcher's been pretty mysterious. I mean, he said he's after Homelander because he thinks he killed Becca and all this, but we don't really have much more than that. So it's nice to see um, what he used to look, what he used to be like before. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty similar, except just clean shaven and not holding a huge ass rifle in his hand. And he smiled. He smiled a little bit more. He did smile. He did smile at one point. Now he has more of like a devilish grin. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's a difference. There's a big difference. Yep, yep. Um, Homelander looks through the boys' pictures and recognizes Billy. Now, this wasn't in the original synopsis, but I thought I would add it because it ties into my trivia fact. Oh, wow. In the comics, Homelander knows who Billy Butcher and the boys are from the beginning. It's established early on in the comics that the boys and the seven have been in an uneasy armistice for some time. So we don't have that whole who is he mystery in the comics. They already know, which okay. I, I like. I kind of like that in, in the in the show. That I do. whole mystery aspect. I of definitely like, do. Who's doing all this to us. Yeah. The Deep checks himself into an apartment in Sandusky following orders from Stillwell. The Deep questions if he'll be fighting crime, however, is dismayed to find the lack of crime in the town. The Deep begins trying to write his memoir titled Deeper, a memoir, <laughs> which is just so lame. So he lives he lives in the shitty hotel room forever now, right? Essentially. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. As far as we as far as we know. But at least they have what do they have? Cedar Rapids? Uh, yeah, I thought it was, is it not Six Flags? I think it's Cedar Rapids. What the guy okay. said. You, yeah. You're, you we'll go with what you said. Yep. So at least I like he's that got he that. gets. Yeah, and he gets his per diem, his $75 per diem. Don't, yeah, don't blow it all in one place, buddy. He says, he says, the guy says, oh, we got a Dairy Queen, and he's like, blizzards and stuff? (laughs) I thought thought that one was really funny. Yeah, me too. What a loser. On the track, A-Train is told to quit taking Compound V with his brother revealing that his bone density is suffering, along with many other vital measurements. A-Train receives a message from Homelander to meet at Seven Tower. Um, my fun fact here, you remember when he talked about, he said, I'll be like Ben Johnson racing horses or some shit. He said something yes, to that effect. Yeah. Washed up freak show. Yeah. In 1988, Ben Johnson was nailed on steroid charges and had several medals disqualified. In 1998, Ben Johnson participated in a charity race against two race horses and a car. Johnson was outrun by the horses, but he did beat the car after it experienced mechanical difficulties. <laughs> That is and it. <laughs> I, I went on YouTube and I looked for this race and I found it. I think I sent it to you. I don't know if you watched it. Where'd you send but it? But I texted it to you yesterday. I blocked you the day before that. Ah, ah that explains yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah. So he races like a free like racehorse and then one that's pulling a cart and then a car. And honestly, he almost beat the horse that was pulling the cart. It like got ahead of him like right at the end i was shocked it's hilarious that okay you would expect the car to beat everything right sure it obviously it's just very hilarious that that's the thing he beat and it's because (laughs) it broke down (laughs) (laughs) and they they said in this fact that it had mechanical difficulties but it's still it's still crossed the finish line so i don't know where those difficulties happen maybe at the start line they they misfired or something i don't know Hmm. not much of a car guy interesting I'll have to unblock you, watch the video, and, and kind of see for myself. And then and then block me again. Yeah. Just if kidding. You don't block, if you don't block me, I'll be offended. I would never block you, Caleb. I think I just, Music ig- to my ears. I think I just ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds more likely. <laughs> you saw it, you're like, oh, fuck this. 
When he arrives, Homelander criticizes the Seven for having been unreliable and sloppy recently. Homelander shows the Seven a picture of Huey, declaring that Huey is responsible for the death of Translucent, blackmailing Mesmer, Ezekiel, and Popclaw. He throws it over to A-Train, who doesn't recognize Huey, until the photo is zoomed out to show that it was from when they shook hands in that very room. Homelander also says that Huey is targeting the Seven following Robin's death. Homelander begins to suspect Starlight for any possible involvement in aiding the boys. Maeve is able to calm an angry Homelander, promising to take responsibility for Starlight and her future actions. Um, we see Starlight is in her old uniform in uh, in this scene. So after that talk with Stillwell and and like uh, standing her ground and everything, we see she's kind of going back to uh, who she is and who she was. She's empowered. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Homelander even makes fun of her. He says at one point, um, what does he say? He like leans down and he's like, yeah, I know that you've been doing all of this, this and that. And he like puts up a fist. He's like, yeah, empowerment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such while a he, dick. While he's also being very scary to her. Right. Um, another fact here. Oh, damn. Anthony Starr. I told you we got a lot today. Anthony Starr, who is Homelander, has said that part of his approach to Homelander is to portray him as someone who sees himself as a father figure to the other members of the Seven. Homelander thinks they're like children who require who require his firm guidance and discipline, which I could see that kind of stern father thing that he had going. So that was one of the ones that came up on my screen as I was watching, and uh-huh. if you didn't say it, I was going to throw it in there. <laughs> Ah, nice. We probably have a lot of, I'm not writing the fun facts down, but you are, but it's like, it seems like I'm kind of seeing them while I'm watching the episode. Well, maybe the viewers didn't see them. Maybe I should, no, that's not my point. My point is that I'm as smart as you. (laughs) That was never in question. (laughs) No, um, I I should just start watching it on my TV instead of my laptop so that like, I don't get these fun facts spoiled. Those are the best, that's the best part of the show for me. Well, you only got one more episode to do that. I know. So hopefully I remember to watch it the right way. Yeah, I watch it on my TV. It's I guess the whoever wrote these facts for IMDb just took them from the screen, um, the computer screen uh, grabs that come up. Or vice versa. You never know. You never fucking know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does. He does say that uh, he says, not you, Noir. You've been great. Yep. <laughs> which, I, which I thought was uh, pretty. Because you don't really see Black Noir do shit. Like, he had that one fight with the female. But that's that's about it. Right, right. And um, I think I think that we're going to find some sort of... We don't know it yet. And I don't know if this is going to be true. But I think we're going to find a little bit more that Homelander and Black Noir have in common as this story unfolds. Are you referring to the comics? No. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's what, okay. Um, I, I, also, I was curious if they would do that. I don't know. I don't want to spoil it if they do, but I seems, was curious if they were going to do that. I mean, it seems too awesome for them not to, but let's change the subject. So I did like how in this scene when they mentioned um, that the boys had killed Popclaw, A-Train mm-hmm. was like, wait, Popclaw? Like, <laughs> she's dead? <laughs> right. <laughs> what a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit, too. What a real piece of work. I know they're all aren't they all just pieces of shit except for black noir except for noir yeah he's doing great he's been great (laughs) Huey says that what the boys are doing with Vaught needs to stop however Butcher forces him to admit that his change of heart is due to Starlight Billy becomes angry after Huey mentions Becca 
Huey receives a phone call from A-Train who threatens his father, which leads to the rest of the boys figuring out that they've been caught out thanks to Mesmer. Which, because um, Billy was, he was trying to blame Starlight and Huey, right? And then M.M. comes to his defense. He's like, no, she's never seen me, so how did I get burned? And how, then we get the... Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was good. Good on good on Mother's Milk. What a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's perceptive, and he's oh, he's always got that voice of reason. He does. He, I feel like he is kind of just like the the group's reason because uh, Frenchie, he's always letting his emotions and his heart kind of lead him. I mean, Billy's just out for vengeance yep. and all that shit. But MM, he's he's the the rock. Yeah, Huey doesn't really know who he is yet, or like where he is, or who he is yet. Right. Obviously, he's tangled up with Starlight, so. MM is, he's the reason for the season. Good guy. Good guy. Reason for the season. <laughs> At his house, A-Train discovers that Huey was once a fan of the Seven and mocks Huey that it was stupid to come alone. Huey is able to negotiate his father's release from A-Train in exchange for a dose of Compound V. The two begin to debate over who was worse, with A-Train expressing his anger at Popclaw's death, retorting that Robin's death was accidental, whereas Huey's blackmailing Popclaw was on purpose. In a flash, the female arrives, breaking A-Train's leg with a crowbar, with Huey sarcastically remarking that it would have been stupid to come alone. The two then leave A-Train on the floor with a shattered leg. Which had been foreshadowed earlier in the episode by his brother talking about his bone density. Right, right. I didn't even think about that. Good catch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, yeah. Uh, A-Train like runs around the house, finds all those those toys, and he's like, oh, you're a fan, like a super fan. And he starts talking all this shit. Mm-hmm. And really just kind of like, you can see he's kind of going off, like he's over the edge. Oh, yeah, he's hopped up. Yeah. And um, on my screen during this scene, the little blurb was about the toy itself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was talking about how one of their main goals like for the show was to make like the marketing seem real. So they wanted mm-hmm. to put like real real like Toys R Us Walmart quality toys onto the show so they had them create like actual like built for the shelf like you could put them out in a store and sell them if you wanted to toys. Very nice. Yeah. And it it shows like the quality looks like like it looks like you could go pick that up. I'm surprised they don't that Do they sell those? I'm, I would be surprised if they didn't have like a little limited supply for like special Probably. Probably somewhere. special type deal. Probably. That'd be pretty cool. Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore, so there's no re- there's no way for us to find out. Yeah, the Toys R Us that's like down the street is just like a abandoned building. It's quite sad to drive by. R.I.P. went the way of Blockbuster. Both of them used to be huge supporters of the show, so you they hate did. to see it. We do, we do. We're down. Shout out to Jeffrey. Shout out to Block. Yeah, Je- Jeffrey was our third co-host for a while. So, um, miss you, man. I'll see you again one day. But not too soon. It's been a long day. That was beautiful. Thanks. I, I did just recently watch um, that Fast and Furious movie, so it's like... Fresh. It, actually, my eyes are starting to get watery. We should change the subject. Okay, okay, I got you, buddy. Miss you, Jeffrey. <laughs> At their home, Monique and Mother's Milk argue about M.M.'s involvement with Butcher, with Monique eventually agreeing to evacuate to a safe location. So we just... We see uh, M.M.'s home environment here. We see that he has a daughter, mm-hmm. um, which we, we knew he had a kid, um, but we actually get to finally see them um, in this episode. Stillwell finishes a call with the senator, revealing to Homelander that they only need three votes to get the seven into the military. Homelander questions if Stillwell remembers Becca Butcher, revealing that she is missing, presumed dead. 
Homelander asks what happened to her. However, Stillwell says that she presumed Becca just quit. Um, and Stillwell seems to be hiding something here. She, she, she changes, that. yeah, she changes the subject. She's like, hey, screw all this that we're talking about right now. Why don't mm-hmm. I just cancel my meetings? We'll order in and we can just hang out. Just you and me. How's that sound, buddy? Right. And then he walks out because I have here, uh, her sex charm doesn't work on Homelander this time. Mm-hmm. So it seems like she might be uh, losing her grip on him. Um, Absolutely. Which does not bode well for her, if I if I must say. No, no. we all know what that guy's capable of. We do. He's got laser faces. Laser faces. <laughs> Taser face. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to say that. <laughs> the Deep takes a girl back to his place and starts hooking up with her. She asks if what everyone says is true, and he says he doesn't look like everyone else, to which she replies that's what she was counting on. And in quotes, look at those gills. That's so fucked up. That's what she says. Mm-hmm. She starts fingering his gills and he says, stop. But she does not listen. She's, and she fists his gills. She's all up in like, those gills. For real. And I just have now he gets what he deserves and he sees how Starlight felt. Absolutely. With, yeah. In a show that doesn't really have justice as a theme, mm-hmm. that kind of feels like justice. Yeah, it does. It's like the one one time when somebody gets their comeuppance. Yeah. So closest we're going to get to justice in this show. This girl just absolutely fisting the shit out of his gills. <laughs> what about vengeance? Well, I'm vengeance. There's so... That <laughs> That's all I wanted. Just wanted you to hit that button one more time. Like, this isn't about me, okay? Right, right. I'm sorry. I thought everything was about you. No, it's about us. Wow. That's touching. Deeper. A memoir. On the subway, Butcher confronts a scared Mesmer who admits that he is scared of Homelander. Butcher physically attacks Mesmer, which allows him to read his thoughts. Mesmer admits he can help Butcher find his wife, but Butcher repeatedly smashes his head into a sink, presumably killing him. Not presumably, like, that motherfucker's dead. Yeah, that guy's gone. Um, Didn't didn't Billy, like, purposely have him read his thoughts to have him, like, see the scary thoughts in his head? Yes, but not the first ones. The right, right. thoughts they're referring to is when he was punching him and he sees Becca and, right. and all that. And then that's when Billy grabs his face and he's like, okay, yeah. read my shit now, buddy. Yeah, and he's like, oh, God, no, 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 because he sees what Billy's about to fucking do to him. And mm-hmm. he just fucking... He's like, no, like, stop, I have a daughter. Right. Butcher doesn't give a shit about that. The dude doesn't even know his daughter. His daughter right. doesn't care yeah. about him. Yeah, it was just like his last-ditch effort. Yeah. But then we see him smash his head into that sink mm-hmm. over and over and a couple solid slow motion punches too yeah very zack snydery yeah 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 love the effect do too in a flashback a cia official grace mallory shows butcher footage of becca entering homelander's office then leaving disheveled after being alone for three hours together mallory then recruits butcher and the two would go on to found the boys badass it is, but I have here, Mallory is kind of doing to Butcher what he did to Huey. Mm-hmm. And I didn't notice that on my first watch through, but going back and rewatching it, I see the um, similarities between how they recruited, like how Mallory recruited Butcher, how Butcher recruited Huey. Yeah, makes sense too, right? Yeah, you do what you know, I guess. Yep, yep. Starlight receives a call from Huey, but declines after Maeve asks who it is. Maeve reveal, reveals, Maeve reveals about her testimony. <laughs> Maeve reveals about her history with Elena, revealing that caring about people is a weakness. Maeve admits that the only way to truly be bulletproof is to cut people loose. 
And I right, got a trivia fact here. Okay. The moment when Starlight asked Queen Maeve if it would kill her to make her a martini comes directly from a moment in the comics. Issue number 22, the conclusion of I Tell You No Lie, G.I. Okay, oh, no. nice. You love those comic comic callbacks. I do. I like I like when comic movies and comic shows do like it doesn't have to follow the story to a T, but yep. like if they have certain moments that are exactly as the panels yep. showed them or whatever, I really like those. The one that comes to mind, and when I said you love that, I meant the collective you being all mm. of us. Oh, I thought you meant like, me specifically. Like you love to see it. You you, I guess especially. I um, do, yes. Yes. So do I. Like, um, one that comes to mind for me is when Civil War came out, that mm -hmm. frame mm -hmm. of, you know, Cap holding his shield up and Iron Man going going hand to hand with him there. Yes. Um, obviously that's pulled straight from the comics and it, it looks really cool on screen too. It does. That and was, they, they they like slow mo and freeze on it too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They wanted to just like put it right in the frame for us and be like, Look guys, here's this. You know what's funny about that? Is I love that 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 frame of that, a picture of that. And I've tried, I thought more people would love it. I've tried to try, I've tried to find like a uh, high def, like wallpaper of that. Like a print. Yeah. It does not exist. That's, that's interesting and almost unbelievable. Isn't it? Maybe I'm just looking in the wrong place. Maybe I'm a fool. Maybe I don't know where to, where to look. You're looking for love in all the wrong places right now, buddy. Hmm. Hmm. Well, moving on. <laughs> the deep I just remember what I was about to read the deep starts talking to a lobster in the store and rescues him the store employee then stabs his head once taking him once taking him out of the tank like he has this little conversation he's like oh don't worry I'll get you out of there and he's like no no I want this one that's my buddy and he's like all right and he takes immediately shoves that knife right in his head yep this is this is the the extent of the deep's heroism from here on out <laughs> rescuing crustaceans from from grocery stores he still has to redeem himself from his dolphin girlfriend yeah r.i.p to that dolphin she deserved better she did she deserved better than him anybody who comes in contact with him deserves better than him even that girl that sexually assaulted his gills deserves better mm -hmm. than him mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she was kind of a lot she, yeah oh yeah she oh, was yeah. very aggressive Super aggressive. That's Sandusky for you. Sandusky will do it to you, honestly, if you're not ready. <laughs> no. <laughs> Frenchie attempts to find a secure location for the boys for the night while Huey attempts to contact Starlight. Butcher introduces himself to Huey's father and M.M.'s daughter, but is met with distaste, distaste from Monique, who slaps him across the face. M.M. confronts Butcher about the deal with Rayner, remarking that the only reason Butcher didn't take the deal was due to Homelander. M.M. begs Billy to call and take Rayner's deal for his family's sake. So we knew that the deal would have been made if he would have given up Homelander. But now M.M. Uh, has finally put that together. And he's like, no, I think Rayner would have taken the deal. She just wouldn't give you Homelander. And that's right. why you walked away. I mean, at the end of the day, it all hinges on Homelander anyways. So it's like you can be mad at Billy for not taking the deal or whatever. But like Homelander is as important as Billy is making him in this. Sure. But from mm's perspective the deal could have brought vaught down which is what i think that's what mm and and is trying to more concerned with and his family would have been safer because you know homelander could burn down the entire world including including mother's milk's family exactly so how are you going to take him down anyway what i'm saying is that it's 
it, it's going to expedite the Homelander burning down the entire world process if you bring down Vought and not him. Obviously, he's the odd man out. What's he going to do? He's going to go apeshit. Maybe he'll just hero independently. Homelander? Sure. The only reason he's even remotely a hero is because Vought is making him, telling him to be. Right, but Vought has already made him that hero. So say, say Vought goes away. Like, LeBron doesn't need... A corporation, you know what I mean? He's can, he can get sponsors and shit on his own. So Homelander, if he's used to that money lifestyle, he can still get those sponsors just because he's Homelander. Okay, so you're saying like another Vought? Maybe, or he could do it on his own for a little bit. I think he'd probably be more interested in just going ape shit. <laughs> well, yes, he I think probably he's been kind of itching to do that anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and then you tear down the house around him. Like I don't know that he's just going to be like, okay, so what's my next business move? <laughs> especially when he knows that it's the boys that brought down Vought like what do you think he's gonna do sure sure he okay. might he okay. might just burrow to the core of the earth and just explode the whole thing and then just like live in space somewhere Dr. Manhattan style yeah but no nah, he's not going to Mars like that guy needs that guy needs more people to kill and shit to fuck up Mars is not offering that maybe there's Martians there we don't know that's true. That's true. I guess Dr. Manhattan would have told us though, right? Like we trust him. What do he, he was tired of us. What is, what is that quote? I'm tired of these tedious people and their tedious lives or yep. some shit like that. Yep. So who knows? I can relate. <laughs> I just can't go to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> One day we will have the technology. Come on, Elon. Yeah. Put some pep in your step, motherfucker. We're getting there. Big friend of the podcast. Sorry, Elon. We're just, we're just joking. We're just trying to plug you, man. We're sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Please tweet more oh. memes. <laughs> Homelander questions Jonah Vogelbaum, a former scientist at Vought, about Rebecca Butcher. Jonah reveals that eight years ago, Becca came to Stillwell after conceiving Homelander's child, which baffles Homelander, who was under the impression he was sexually impotent. He reveals that both Becca and the child died on the delivery table due to the amount of blood loss. Jonah apologizes for how Homelander turn out, turned out, admitting that he was his greatest failure. Um, yeah, uh, so Vogelbaum, he has that, uh, that quote about when subjects are raised without their mothers, they turn mean and violent. And mm -hmm. that's exactly how Homelander was raised. So we right. kind of see why he is the way he is, so to speak. Yeah, partially. Uh, raised in a lab. No, no motherly figure. That's also why he's kind of Oedipal with uh, Stillwell. Edible? Oedipal, like Oedipus. Yes. Okay. All right. He's also Edible with Stillwell. Good word. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about, man? Oedipus. 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 <laughs> um, oh. I thought I thought it was cool to see this Jonah guy learn a little mm -hmm. bit more about like the the lab situation he was raised in and, and see a little bit more about that whole side of things. And mm -hmm. you can kind of tell that this Vogelbaum dude, uh, I thought at one point during that conversation, he had like resigned himself to his death at Homelander's hand when Same. he was, when it, specifically with like, yeah, you're actually my greatest failure. Like, sorry, yeah. bro. Like I right. thought, I thought that it just seems like he's done with everything. It seems like he's over this shit at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, trivia fact. Dr. Vogelbaum's mansion is the same one used in Billy Madison. Oh, nice. That's a solid fact. Thank you. Okay. Rainer and the CIA arrive at Frenchie's hideout, wherein she promises to keep M.M.'s family and the rest of the boys safe. 
Monique tells M.M. that she never wants to see him again while he says goodbye to his child. Despite Homelander being out of the deal, Billy takes the deal with Rainer, handing over a vial of Compound V. Starlight contacts Huey, distraught and asking to meet. We learn that M.M.'s real name is Marvin. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him Marvin for I would now. probably go by Mother's Milk as well. I think it's a little... It's a stupid name, but it's a little better than Marvin. If you looked like him, you can go nobody's going to make fun of you. Nobody's going to make fun of you for being named Marvin. That guy's a tank. Exactly. Call what? me. Say something about my name again. He'll, he'll just fucking smash the shit out of you. Yeah, he could be named Edward and it wouldn't even be that bad. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Edward? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He could be named Caleb Edward. Shit, we'll kick it up a notch. Wow. Wow. Imagine if his last name was Edley. Then he'd really get the shit into the stick. But if he, I mean, he still looks like a, a tank, so he's still fine. Right. Um, fun fact. This is my last one. Damn. I know. Seven already. Maybe sit on it. Okay. I don't want them to end. Nah, fire away. <laughs> In the comics, Rainer and the CIA are aware of Compound V from the beginning and even have samples of it on hand. In fact, when Butcher administers Compound V to Huey in the comics, he obtains the sample from Rainer. Okay. So I'm liking I'm liking the more mysterious like tone to the show. Like I like how Same. we're figuring out Compound V. We're figuring out like where the soups came from and everything like that as we go. I think that's a little bit more interesting. I do I do as well. Um, I mean, and I feel like this is just like a comic thing because we kind of got the same thing going with uh, Umbrella Academy where the comic is a lot more straightforward. It's it's a lot weirder, but it's a lot sh- more straightforward than the, the show was. There's more mystery and, and more drawn outness in the show, which I, I like. I guess it makes sense. I mean, it they're, does. Cause, yeah, I mean, they're, the shows are trying to appeal to like a wider audience, obviously, than the comics are. The comics, especially The Boys and Umbrella Academy, those are very niche comics. Sure, yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I guess like adding just like an element of mystery and, and fog to the show, it makes it a little bit more compelling for just like any random person who says like, hmm, maybe let's check out the show. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Rainer tells Stillwell that Vought has been caught out lying to the public about soups and how they're created. Stillwell refuses to acknowledge the female's existence, but is surprised when Rainer tells her to pull the military deal. Rainer remarks that they go back to being superheroes or the CIA goes public and tanks Vought shares. Rainer is pulled from the meeting early to be shown footage, a SEAL team assault ending with a soup terrorist, Nakib, blowing up their operatives and walking away unscathed. So we see more soup terrorists than just the female, right? Yep, yep. Um, had, have we not seen this Nakib dude before? We saw him in the last episode, like, didn't we? I feel like we saw him at the end end of an episode for like a split second but we didn't see what he could do okay like i feel like we saw the terrorist group though i i feel like i remember seeing that so the scene where the student akib is with one of his boys and they're talking about like how to market him like they're they're coming up with like a catchphrase am i thinking of am i thinking of something else i don't know so that might that might actually be like a teaser commercial I saw for season two. Uh, possibly. Or I haven't watched episode eight yet. So oh, really? Where I saw that very recently. Like it's, it's definitely not, this show. I, I can tell you it's not in episode eight because I, I watched both of these. 
There's never a point where Nakib is talking about a catchphrase with like one of his boys before he gets killed. Not that I remember. Okay, could be it's wrong. a teaser that they put out for season two. One hundred percent. Yeah, I saw it That's like it I is. saw it like a week ago. That's what it is. Okay, you heard it here. <laughs> teaser for season two. Okay, okay. Um, I thought that was like going to be a funny tidbit. I couldn't remember if it was like part of this or what. But they show him in a teaser for season two, and it's they're like you know somewhere in the Middle East in one of those like those like houses that that he blew up in this scene, and mm-hmm. they're talking about catchphrases. So it's like you would think he's this like sinister like terrorist guy you would never think that he was like a soup you know like the rest of them were but they're right. talking about catchphrases for this guy it says it in the subtitles as they're talking gotcha and yeah. the more you talk like that sounds very familiar i just don't think it's from this season they're so, like yeah i'm gonna like, go what with should, the teaser what should my catchphrase be like like bombs away no <laughs> or like let's explode no <laughs> i forget what they i forget what they land on but that's the gist gotcha um, Huey meets with Starlight in the park, with Starlight questioning if Huey killed Translucent. Starlight is upset that Huey has been using her to get back at A-Train, grabbing Huey and attempting to turn him into the police. Huey is scared that he will be killed. However, Starlight admits Vought will want to drag out the trial and make an example of him. Starlight is surprised and confused when Huey reveals the existence of Compound V. Billy arrives, shooting Starlight in the chest twice with a sniper rifle and allowing Huey to run away. And I just have, like, the return of bitch Huey here. And, like, he's like, uh-uh-uh. Yep. Uh-uh. Yep. Well, I mean, he's he's caught between a rock, literally a rock and a hard place here. Well, yeah, not yes. literally, I guess. <laughs> but figuratively, for sure. I mean, honestly, they had enough time. He should have just spilled everything instead of beating around the bush like he was doing. Yeah, but I mean, there's still there's still the aspect of it where it's like, she is still part of the seven. Huey knows her, right? Or at least he thinks he does. But does he know her enough to trust that she's gonna do what he wants her to do with that information, like all of it? He, he seems to think so. He's always telling Butcher and the other boys like she's different. She's not like the rest of them. So he obviously thinks. I mean, that he, she like, is trying to convince the boys is one thing. Making the actual choice yourself in the moment with Starlight is another thing entirely. That is very understanding of you, Clay. I like to I like to see both sides. I'm I really, too, but really, really good moment, at sitting on a fence. I think Huey's a bitch. For, well, yeah, like, for like, sure. That's just no, no. Like, no, I agree. I I don't like him at all. He's a bitch. He surprises here and there. Sure, but he's not I, one of I my favorite don't. characters for the record. Yes, no, not at all. I probably at the bottom, honestly. Yep. I love the I love the back and forth between. Uh, Huey telling Starlight about Compound V and like mm-hmm. opening up the world to her a little bit and then Billy coming in and just blasting her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Smack dab in the fucking body mass. Like we're we're making away. we're making a little bit of leeway here and then kaboom, she's down on the ground, just got hit by a high powered round. Yeah. She does seem very powerful because it barely even hurt her, it just knocked her down. And he shoots right. her twice. Yeah. Which is wild. Yep. But that's how we that's how we end episode seven. Yeah, pretty solid penultimate episode here. Yep. Um, lot of, got a lot of reveals. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of story lot of story reveals from the past. A lot of cool origin stuff for Butcher. Um, the CIA getting involved in like being on the boys' side and mm-hmm. like like actually stepping in was pretty cool. Yep. Um, and uh, we're set up for some wild shit to go down. We are. We got one episode left, guys. And you know what that means. 
when episode eight airs next week, that means that the boys will be out. Mm-hmm. Season two. So we'll have three episodes to watch. That's what it means. That's awesome. And we will discuss those on our main Masters of the Cultureverse episode. I'm sad that our time is almost up on this rewatch. Almost at an end. We're going to have to do something special for episode eight. Oh, what did you have in mind? Um... I don't know. My For some reason, my mind always goes to a drinking game by default. Is that bad? No, it's not bad. It's just what it is. We'll figure something out. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of The Boys Rewatch, Masters of the Cultureverse. No, Masters of the Cultureverse, Rewatch the Boys. That's that, 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 that makes more sense, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at masters.cultureverse, and we will see you on Monday with a new episode. Goodbye, everybody. Big addition, I can go.